Good morning. Welcome to Axios Today. It's Friday, May 28th. I'm Nyla Boodoo. We've been talking this week about how America has changed over the past year, whether that's defunding the police or American attitudes about racial injustice. And we in the news media have also changed. When George Floyd was killed, the protests for racial justice put pressure on news organizations to do what many people had been calling for for years, hire and promote more journalists of color, listen to them, let them cover stories relevant to their communities, like the killings of Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Aubrey, or George Floyd, or more recently, the Atlanta spa shootings. Today's One Big Thing, how this year's national reckoning on race has changed the news we consume and why it matters. We're dedicating our whole episode to this today, ahead of the holiday weekend, with the help of two Black journalists I recently sat down with, Tolu Olorunapa, reporter for The Washington Post and the CNN political analyst, and Martin G. Reynolds, the co-executive director of the Maynard Institute for Journalism Education. Martin, can we start with the past? What led to this moment? It's that the default is white. The uh, management and the industry as a whole tends to be whiter than other industries. So we see it in the portrayal of communities of diverse backgrounds, how folks are disproportionately cast as victims, particularly people of color, uh, overemphasis on coverage of crime, sports, a lack of experts of color being cited. And as you can see from the mea culpas last year from the LA Times and the Kansas City Star, there's a history that is clear that news organizations have perpetuated these systems. And it doesn't mean that the people in the organizations themselves are necessarily racist, but there has absolutely been an ambient racism that has been present in particularly mainstream American newspapers for decades and decades. Tolu, Black journalists have been speaking out about the need for change from inside news organizations for a very long time. What was your experience thinking about these issues over the last year? Well, like all journalists, Black journalists want to get the story right. In many cases, especially before George Floyd, before the past year, you know, we were trying to tell our, our, our bosses and our colleagues that this is these are ways that the story is being miscovered or misinterpreted. I remember covering Ferguson back in 2014. And back then, there were a large number of Black journalists on the ground in Ferguson trying to tell uh, newsrooms back, back home, this is what's happening. This is why there's so much anger uh, on the ground. This is why these communities have felt neglected and why there's, you know, some skepticism about people coming in, flying in and, and trying to tell a story and not necessarily getting it right, not necessarily getting the history uh, of what has happened and, and really um, questioning why people might protest or might burn down a gas station uh, without really focusing on the history behind all of the systemic issues that they had faced even before uh, a police officer ends up shooting someone. So, there was a push to get some of these systemic issues on the front page and, and in the newspaper and in these broadcasts, but there was a reluctance to, to, to go there. And, and I think that now we're starting to at least have a conversation about why some of these issues need to be covered, why it's not only black journalists that should be covering uh, these issues, like segregation in housing and segregation in education and uh, substandard um, healthcare. And now newsrooms are starting to understand that every kind of coverage needs to at least acknowledge sort of the racial dynamics at play to get the story right and to tell it in a whole way. You have to focus on these issues as well. 
Martin, I think we saw the media get tested on its handling of a story about violence and race recently with the Atlanta spa shootings. Do you think any of the reckoning from the Black Lives Matter protests made the media treat this story differently? I feel like journalists are a little bit more sensitive now uh, to the identities of the individuals and the nuances of the victims. My feeling was that there was more coverage of the victims, more contextualizing of who they were. After moving to the U.S., Xiaojie, whom friends and clients called Emily, started as a nail technician before working her way up to buy two spas. There was still problematic parts with how, for instance, the sheriff in the county talked about how, oh, the the suspect had a bad day. But I also felt that that was covered in a way that called out that it was ridiculous, where in times past, I don't know that that would have been done quite as effectively. Tolu, how have we seen our language shift? Well, language is a huge part of uh, of of this story. Um, you know, language has been used to dehumanize people. It has been used to discount people's stories. And I do think there has been a movement in a positive way uh, on that front over the past year. Uh, at the Washington Post, for example, we have started capitalizing the B in Black. And, and I think that's one step, at least, in uh, showing how we are thinking about these issues on a deeper level than we were before. It wasn't even a conversation in the past. We'll be back in 15 seconds with how that conversation led to different media coverage. Welcome back to Axios Today. I'm Nyla Boudou, and I'm talking about how the news media has changed since the death of George Floyd with two other journalists for their take, Martin G. Reynolds of the Maynard Institute and The Washington Post's Tolu Olorunapa. Tolu, is there a moment, a specific change over the past 12 months that stands out for you? I would say that after we saw the crackdown on the protests that happened in 2020, specifically what happened in Washington, D.C., across from the White House. Police in riot gear fired gas canisters and used grenades containing rubber pellets to scatter largely peaceful demonstrators. How that was covered I think that was a big difference. Their actions cleared the way for a photo op. I mean, there was a a pretty aggressive military-style crackdown on peaceful protesters in Ferguson as well. But when it happened across the street from the White House in 2020, after all the discussions that we've had, I think the the reporting um, was much more critical about the use of force. You know, reporters were much more willing to call out the abuse of power against uh, people who were just expressing their First Amendment rights, but they called it out for for what they for what it was. In many cases, not in all cases, obviously, but that stuck out to me, and I do think that that was a key moment in the, in the last year that showed that things have changed. The deference to police officials, the willingness to just sort of take the official line always from from police that has been a part of the history of journalism. When we've seen multiple instances where we now have t- videotaped that often shows a very different story than what police put in their press releases, I think it's, it's, it's allowing journalists to become much more skeptical, as we should be, about any official lines that we get from people who may have an interest in deceiving us or in putting out the wrong story. For the people who are listening who are not journalists, which is most of the people I assume who are listening to this, why does this matter to the news consumer? It matters so much because people are busy. They only have a limited amount of time. They really need to rely on journalists who have proximity to the people, to the data, to the institutions, to the access that they don't have. 
Yeah, I I would just echo that. There is an interest in keeping people confused. There's a political interest, there's a corporate interest, and for the average consumer out there that just wants to educate themselves, it's incredibly important that the, that the news industry is giving them the information that they need, making sure that the average everyday person has a partner in that. And I think that's a, a critical role for the news media to play. And I think it's important that we continually uh, work to get better at it because there's a lot at stake for, for everyday people. Chalu Olaronapa is a reporter for The Washington Post. Martin G. Reynolds is the co-executive director of the Maynard Institute for Journalism Education. Thank you both for being with me. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. Axios Today is brought to you by Axios and Pushkin Industries. We're produced by Alexandra Boti, Nuria Marquez-Martinez, Sabina Singani, Naomi Shaven, and Amy Padula. Our sound engineer is Alex Sugiara. Dan Bobkoff is our executive producer, and Sarah Kehlani Gu is our executive editor. Special thanks to Axios co-founder Mike Allen. At Pushkin, our executive producers are Lee Malad and Jacob Weisberg. I'm Nyla Boodoo. We're off Monday for Memorial Day. I hope you have the best holiday weekend. Oh, 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 o